What's up, Olivia? I'm Jamin. What's up, Casey? I'm Olivia. What's up, Jamin? I'm Casey. And now that we've introduced ourselves to each other, hi. I'm just, no, we won't do it again. Uh, but we will talk about the continuation of Genesis. Laban's out of the picture. It's done. It's over. We've got two tricksters, Jacob and Laban. And now we're just back to the one trickster, <laughs> Jacob, who honestly, I feel like there's a tone change in the way that he talks from here on out. Like, I think we'll see that a little bit today. So we're going to look at two parts of his story and skip the middle piece. We're going to come back to the middle piece in our upcoming episode, uh, in our next episode. But before today, I want to focus on, this is Jacob being reunited with Esau. So, oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, so let's recall what happened with him and Esau really quick. Anyone want he the rundown? He stole everything from Esau, <laughs> essentially. Not everything. And then Esau said, I'm going to kill you. And he ran away. I wouldn't say it was everything that he stole. You're he, right. He left him his wives. And his strength and ability to hunt and the natural gifts that he had. Like, he wasn't deliberate, you know debilitated or anything right it was just god's promise to bless the entire world through a descendant of abraham that he stole yeah that (laughs) see it wasn't everything just a very big something a very yeah jesus i believe is where that went to eventually you might call that a really big something Uh, like i said a really big something (laughs) well okay so that that was the story that we had you remember Basically, after that story, like Olivia said, Esau is going to kill him, so he has to go. And remember what happens right after he leaves? It goes. He's leaving. Finds a rock. Lies down on it. Goes to bed. Oh, yeah, the the rock pillow. Yeah, and has a dream. Uh, And in the dream, he sees a stairway to heaven. Right? And he says, this is a holy spot. This is a holy spot. He sees the angels ascending and descending on the stairs. And at the top, there is God talking, so it seems. Or the angel of the Lord is who I believe the Bible's pointing at right there. Uh, the angel of the Lord is both an angel and God. Uh, or in this case, when you look at the whole Bible, and this is important because we're going to get into it in this episode today. No, actually, we're going to get into that more in our next episode. Sorry. But the angel of the Lord, from some scholars' perspectives, including my own pastoral perspective, is Jesus before he is born uh, of of human flesh. Uh, So when the angel of the Lord shows up, he always talks as though he is God because this is is God in a physical form that we can't see. So... Jacob goes, leaves, running away from Esau. Jesus at the top, or or this angel at the top, God at the top, angels moving up and down the stairway. In today's story, we are returning to Esau. So this time we've fled from Laban, and as we've uh, ran away for a second time, we run into another story. How many years has it been? You know, I didn't tally it up, but he at least had to work, what, seven for Leah? And then to marry Rachel, he had to work another, another seven. seven. So. And then he had how many kids? 
Yeah, and then I think there was at least like twenty, ten or twenty years that they say Lebon had messed him up. So I don't know, it's been a long time. So we're thinking like thirty-five years. It's. I mean, how many kids? <laughs> We're eventually at the like. Well, are the, are the, are the, are the right? kids so, grown at this point? Some, some of them. I mean, it was what Joseph and Benjamin who were the last two, so mm-hmm. they'd be behind a bit. But uh, as he's fleeing and leaving and returning home after all these however many decades it's been, uh, thirty-two Genesis thirty-two opens with Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called that place Mana, Ma, Mahana, I forgot, hang on, I learned to pronounce this earlier. Mahanaim. 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 Which, if you were to literally translate it, would more or less mean two camps. So Manhattan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ma, Ma, Mahanaim. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off that much. This is a strange passage because it's just interjected like the Bible sometimes likes to do point blank. Like, the last time we had a moment that felt this strange was probably when Abraham is just hanging out and then God and two angels walk up to him, right? <laughs> and it was like, hey, Abraham. Oh, hey, please eat some food. Let me wash your feet. And like, this is just as point blank as that. It's unusual. And it's just said like how it is. So early in the morning, Laban rose, kissed his grandchildren, his daughters, and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of the place Mahanaim. And then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau. Like it just continues the story. It's like a one-line interjection of... Oh, hey, ran some angels on my way over here. Yeah, no big deal. It was like Fred down the street, his angel. And then there was, <laughs> you know, John well, saw his angel. So we're, we're partially seeing themes like Genesis is full of those themes that come over and over again, right? Oh, here's a theme I, I heard about earlier today that we never addressed earlier because I didn't recognize it. When humanity sins against the earth they are cut off from the earth as a part of the punishment. When Abraham sins against Hagar, part of his penis is cut off as a covenant, but also like part of the the punishment. <laughs> like, you use that in the wrong way <laughs> to try to get... Anyways, I guess we don't have time to continue explaining that one now. You can go check out our episode on circumcision for more of that. Um, or just the Bible Project. What episode was it? Family of God, part four or five. You can learn more about that. Why did you guys bring this up? Okay, let's continue back to where we were. Jacob went on his way. Angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. The theme that I think we've seen before, Jacob leaves, runs into angels. Jacob leaves, runs into angels. So now the question is, if this is a theme, why is it here? What is the connection between it happening last time and this time? Anybody got any ideas? And why does he seem so nonchalant about it? Like, it's just like, hey, look, this happened. 
That was just Tuesday. Well, there is an exclamation mark. I don't know if that's Hebraic or not, but it's at least... <laughs> this is God's camp. Like, last time he got pretty... Like, he, he kind of had like a... My heart was strangely warmed moment when he ran into God the first time uh, with that dream of the staircase. Because mm-hmm. before that moment, he was just a trickster... Seemed like he had no morality, and then he meets God. It's like he's, he seems a little blown away. So what you're saying, he was Loki? No. And, oh, because he's Trickster. mischievous? Yeah. That's, no. <laughs> but in this particular case, it's another kind of like, oh, this is God's camp. Like another startled awake type type thing. As any of us would be if we just ran into some angels while we were walking around. Or possibly, maybe he was sleeping again, but no, it says he went on his way, and the angels of God met him. So, what kind of situation was he in last time when he met angels? He ran away. Yeah. He met angels. He had just escaped the biggest threat to his life. His brother was going to kill him, so life probably felt like it was falling apart. He just left his whole family behind to go find new family he doesn't know, right? Uh, so his life was falling apart. And right now he's headed home. And he probably remembers <laughs> what happened last time and what he's walking into. I mean, it's been decades. It's fine. You'd be nervous, though. Like, this is the reason... I mean, you haven't talked to your family in no, decades, you, either. Is your family even alive? You exiled yourself for your own safety. There's no way that he's like going home just like, oh, gee boy, Whitakers. <laughs> Can't wait to see the family again. Whitakers or Willikers? Whatever, Mr. Whitaker. Gee boy, Mr. Whitakers. So he's, he's, he's in a place where we've met angels before then, mm-hmm. like relationally. Because Hagar, she's in this place where her life's falling apart twice. And then God shows up and meets her there. Jacob's in this place where his life's falling apart, and then God shows up and meets him there. Jacob is back in this place where his life is somewhat falling apart. Not only did he lose his family early on, now the only family that he had outside of that he's lost too, and it's just him and his his own family, which has grown rather large, to be fair. But So what you're saying is Jacob is not uh, not like Dom. Family doesn't mean everything. You need to stop bringing... Casey, you've tried to make that episode for, like, that episode. You've tried to make that reference for, like, the last ten episodes. It's not not working. Find a new joke. (laughs) It was funny the first time. Maybe even a little bit the second time. It's been ten times now, Casey. (laughs) Nobody likes your joke. It's been spread out. It's fine. No, it's been episode after episode. They've been in a row. I don't think I've done. I don't think I did it last episode. You did. Oh, but you did. <laughs> and that's a whole nother episode. All right, getting back on track here. Getting back on track. Uh, this is just is a very intriguing story to me. He runs away. He meets angels. He runs away. He meets angels. Why? Why is this here in this story? I think we need to remember how much is on the line with Jacob, right? How much was on the line with Abraham? Everything. Everything. Like, he has to have a descendant, because that descendant is going to bless the world and eventually give rise to Jesus, who will fix the human 
problem and bring about the resurrection and forgiveness of sins, right? Everything was on the line for Abraham having a kid. And then they had a kid. And then eventually, like, we get to Jacob and we see the promise move to Isaac. We see the promise move to Jacob. Everything is on, on Jacob now. Technically not everything. I mean, the fallback plan could be Esau. Like, there is a contingency. No, because it was promised to, to Jacob. Right, but if, say like we didn't know what was <laughs> going to happen, Esau would still be a contingency. But then the plan would be like, oh, well, that got messed up. Oops. <laughs> I think, though, here's my point. Like, you're looking at Esau as a contingency, whereas I think the reason that angels are here is to show, like, like, we've been playing this game on Monday nights. Our friend Anthony made a game. It's it's similar to D&D in the sense that it's storytelling and strategic fighting. I, I don't know what the word to use when we're talking about spiritual warfare. <laughs> uh, but the idea is you're playing as angels, and it's using the biblical... Uh, grounds of spiritual warfare and the way that the Bible describes all that stuff. And it's very interesting when you're playing, you're trying to decide like, hmm, I need to get this thing to happen. As an angel, what tactic might I use to influence a person? To make that happen. To make that happen. And a lot of times, uh, at least with me, I've worked with like dreams. Like, okay, that guy's going to sleep. I want to give him a dream and provoke him in a certain way to think a certain way and try to change his actions and outcome and can I do that you know like biblically does the Bible give me space if I was an angel could I do that and yeah you actually see throughout the Bible angels show up in dreams a lot so I wonder personally because scholars really don't know much of what to say about this weird passage where you're just running to angels on the way I I think personally part of what's being set here is like Jacob was the last one to get this promise that he would bless the whole world. It hasn't been passed down to one of his descendants yet. Jacob needs to live, you know? And what's going to happen when he gets here? Is it... So the angels are trying to to safeguard the, the torchbearer, in a sense? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think it's at least proof that maybe they've already been working in some way. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us what's going on in the spiritual realm, but, like, Jacob was at least told by God to leave Laban, right, to flee back home. That means that God has put in place that he needs to go back home. And now we see angels showing up as he's going back home, which seems evident to me, hey, the angels must be, like, trying to make sure God's plan that's in place is carried out. In what way? We have no idea. But seems that they have. Actually, because um, like this seems like a like it's weird to think about. Like I don't know. Do you know the the term like the butterfly effect? Yeah. <laughs> and so like. Well, for listeners, the flap of a butterfly could start a hurricane. Right. Well, just it can affect. Just a small little thing could affect the wind. Just, could affect lots of things over time. Yeah, yeah. That then affect everything. Um, so, like, you step on a butterfly, you know, an entire tribe is dead in the future. 
mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And so, like, you know, looking back in, in, in this idea with that, that potential in mind, like, I don't know, I still feel like Esau could be a contingency. Like, if, if, if Jacob was eliminated, you know, technically Esau is still a descendant, and at this point, I mean, Jacob has already had the kids, so even then his lineage is okay because he's had the kids. So, like, I almost would think that Jacob would be expendable at this point in, my, in the butterfly effect idea. So from a covenant perspective of a descendant of Abraham will carry it, I think you could say contingency, but from a biblical perspective of God has chosen Jacob... It makes sense that these angels are here to ensure that things go the way that God has wanted it to go. Right. And, I mean, it does, in the sense of, like, Jacob has not always made the best decisions in the moment Mm. to give him space to be able to pre-think of what he's going to do before he does it is usually much more beneficial to him. Mm. Um, so, I mean, with them visiting it for that in mind is good. I mean, that's, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like technically at this point, Jacob is expendable. Okay. Well, we at least know he wasn't expended. And I would suggest that part of the reason is because God has been at work in the background, right? Mm-hmm. He He doesn't want Jacob to be expendable, especially because he prophesied even before he was born you're gonna have two kids it's the second one that you know the focus is gonna be on for for this and so yeah i mean we could argue as to a what if universe if if something had gone wrong with jacob but i think i guess i'm saying part of the reason i think we even see angels is because it's proof that that god's at work in fact Jacob says this is God's camp and then calls it, dang it, what was it? Mahanaim. Mahanaim, right? Which means two camps. And uh, camp, a lot of times throughout the Bible, uh, is a word that's used in kind of like warfare. So you even kind of get this feeling of like spiritual warfare. You know, he's going back to Esau where he's afraid he could die. And now there's this... uh, spiritual warfare in place what what's going to happen so why do you think two camps though like why would we call it that because scholars are confused on that one too maybe a physical camp and a spiritual camp that was exactly what i was thinking i only found one commentary that really went that route but that makes sense to me you know like Mm -hmm. jacob's got his own camp he's knows that he could die when he runs into esau but then right here where his camp is god's camp apparently is also right there's going to be more plays on that word, though. As Jacob gets closer to Esau, he's going to separate all of his people into two camps. So it could be referencing that. But because the word comes up before that, I'd agree with Olivia's suggestion. As on earth, or as in heaven, so on earth, or as above, so as below type thing. Uh, so the story is going to continue. Jacob sends his messengers uh, which is also interesting they use that word because messengers is the same word used for angels because angels are heavenly messengers. So it's malach. So 
He runs into the Malach of God, or the Mal- I don't remember how to say the word right. Let's find out. I like that. Malach. Malach of God. He runs into the angels of God. And then Jacob sends his own Malach, his human messengers. So, again, we kind of have this as above, so below idea. Uh, he sends his human messengers before him to Esau, and they talk to Esau, and they return to Jacob, and they say that uh, he's got 400 men with him. <laughs> So Esau and his 400 men are on the way. Jacob is greatly afraid and distressed. So he divides up the people that he has into two camps, thinking if Esau comes and attacks him, at least one camp can get away. Can get away. Yeah. You mean he's not going to try to set up camp in a narrow pass to bottleneck the forces and stand strong with his few group? Are we quoting something? Just Mandalorian or no, something? No, this was 300. Oh, sorry, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Yes. Was it funny? The no. reference? No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. I uh, was, it, was not, it was not to be like laugh out loud funny. It was supposed to be a, like, a nod to reference. Greek. Yeah. It was a staring at the camera nodding kind of reference? Sure. <laughs> uh, so... At this point, Jacob says, Oh, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and of the faithfulness you have shown your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. So again, we're playing off that word. Uh, But doesn't his tone sound different here? Like he just, he's praying and he literally is telling God, I'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love, all the faithfulness you have shown me. Like, this doesn't sound like Jacob earlier on who just, like, got whatever he want, however he could get it, right? This sounds like someone who's learned his lesson when his uncle cheated him, just as he used to cheat people. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me the mothers and the children but you said i will surely do you good and make you offspring of the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude so he's he's really like he's praying into this like god please help me and again we've got this reference of like angels here as though god saw this coming and is is here to help is it weird that i read that statement in verse 10 differently which part the i'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown your in your servant. Oh, you hear it in like a... I'm better than the least of like, you know, kind of like I'm not worthy, but like I'm better than. See, I think it's more of, uh, this is the list of things. I don't even deserve this bottom of the list. It is phrased a little oddly. It's just the, the way that it's dated is bizarre to me. Um... Yeah, it is stated in a way that in English at least sounds a little confusing. Uh, let's see, just really quick. If anybody comments on this. Where's my passage? Of course, no one comments on it because they understand it. <laughs> well, like, the way that it's phrased in English is I'm not worthy of the least of these deeds. Of your steadfast deeds. And it was just like... I don't know. if the, Depending on which 
like word you emphasize. Well, here's a, you can change the tone. Here's a little tip for anyone out there watching who doesn't have a commentary to turn to to try to figure out when they're reading something really confusing. How am I supposed to read this? Treat the message version of the Bible as a commentary because that's one scholar trying to say I think this is what he meant in English. So if he would, if Eugene Peterson was translated just really quick. Save me, please, from the violence of my brother. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you've shown me. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you've shown me. Okay. So we're using the ESV, which tries to translate it very literally, mm-hmm. which in this case is just a little confusing. But if you ever run into a situation and you don't have a bunch of commentaries, just treat the message like it is a commentary. That'll help. Um, okay, so he runs finally into Esau. He divides his family into two camps. And... Uh, um, then Esau finally shows up. How do you, in case you haven't read this story in a while or don't remember, what do you think happens? Call it now. It has been a long time. <laughs> Maybe Esau shows up and says, whatever, dude, it's been a long time. Just glad to have my family back. Okay, so we got a hopeful way. Casey's usually more of the nihilistic direction what you got nihilistic uh, I'll go the other side and I'll go that uh, he uh, he prepares for battle um, but like because of the age like how much time has passed I will think I mean I know Jacob doesn't die because of <laughs> future reading of the Bible um, so I won't predict death here but I will predict some hostility that uh, that gets smoothed over in a weird way alright pause the video comment what you think it might be and then hit play what actually happens is uh, Esau shows up with his 400 men and then Jacob divides the children among Leah and Rachel, two female servants, puts the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children, then Rachel and Joseph last of all, which is just seems so horrible. I'll make her the front lines. Who are my favorite people? Put them in the back. You other kids, come up here. You know, that's just kind of what it feels like to me. Uh, he put himself... Uh, he himself went on before them. So, so what you're saying is all of Leah's kids were in front? No, all of the uh, servants' kids, kids were in front. Oh, okay. Then Leah was the second line, and then Rachel and Joseph in the back, which just feels horrible. But well, we've already talked about the family he, drama. Yeah, there has been so many. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been great. Favoritism. Mm-hmm. And then, here we go. What happens? Is it Olivia? Is it Casey? Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Ding, 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 ding. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously graciously given your servant. It's interesting here, Jacob calling himself a servant to Esau. Like, again, there's that humility and, and fear, certainly. Uh, servants drew near, they and the children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And last, Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob said, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. He's referring to Esau, right? 
But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand, for I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously graciously with me, and because I have enough. Thus he urged him, and he took it. So... Did he just... Give away part of his family? No. Well, he tried to, it looks like. I don't think he gave away his family. I think he was giving away, uh, like, the sheep and probably some servants, things like that. Some of the livestock. Yeah, yeah. Because it it goes on. Uh, Let us, Esau said, let us journey on our way. I will go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are frail and that the nursing flocks and herds are a care to me. So Jacob stays behind, says, you can go full speed, but if I move all my flocks at that speed, they're all going to die. So he saw you go ahead and I'll, I'll catch up soon. Wait, did he also give back part of his birthright blessing back to him? In what way? Like, please accept my blessing that is brought to you. No, because this is the this is the gift that he's offering them. Takes some of. So he's using blessing in a different light in this term. Right, this isn't God's blessing. Well, is. it is God's blessing in the sense that. Well, yeah, he got these things through God's blessing. Yeah. And now he's offering them as a blessing to Esau, mm-hmm. but he's not giving back the blessing. Yeah. So he's he's giving over. Um, probably some of his flocks and servants and and all this stuff that he has. It's a blessing God has given him, technically through the blessing of Abraham upon his life. But, this is interesting, did Esau even need or want it? No. Esau has how many men with him? 400. Does Esau seem to be doing okay for himself? Yeah. So, well, especially like, because he was so good at being a hunter, like, the fact that 400 men are following him with, like, mm. no questions asked. Yeah. Like... Well, it was similar with Abraham. Abraham and Lot, right? Lot gets taken captive by Sodom and Gomorrah. And, um, well, he gets taken captive by some people who invaded Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham takes up a whole army of people he has and chases them down and saves them, right? Mm-hmm. Esau now sounds like he has encountered some kind of blessing from God as well. Maybe we might even say the angelic work in the background. Also, he inherited probably a lot of people from Isaac because when Jacob ran away, he didn't take anything with him. Yeah, and we know that Isaac loved Esau, so (laughs) he was probably like, you you get everything else, Jacob's gone. (laughs) I guess he has the word of a spiritual blessing you can have everything right (laughs) yeah so it's a it's an interesting story i i'd be curious if the bible was to tell us what esau's journey was what we might learn would we see that just as even though ishmael wasn't a part of the plan god still took care of him and Mm -hmm. blessed him as a descendant of abraham is it that even though esau wasn't being given like the full blessing Still, God took care of him and blessed him as a descendant of Abraham. I don't know, but it it does not seem like he his life did not go well, right? Right. I mean, he rejects Jacob's present because he's like, "Why do I need this?" <laughs> and like, I kind of wish like we would have gotten a line in there about when the servants arrived with Esau. 
or to Esau's camp and like forewarned him that he would see his brother again soon. It would be it would be interesting to see what Esau's reaction to that was. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that his reaction is to bring 400 men with him to greet him. <laughs> right? Well, it's that's almost where... like he's he's prepared for the worst and hmm. expecting the best. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's trying to set the stage like you should be afraid and like, gotcha, I love you, man, you know. Because Joseph kind of does that a little bit where Joseph later is like setting the stage like one of you's going <laughs> to, like you leave your brother here, though. Benjamin, you leave the other loved son. Gotcha. You know, but Joseph might have actually been on the fence as to if he was going <laughs> to follow through with that or not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. You're a few thousand years behind of that spoiler alert. Uh, with all that being said, though, this is an interesting story. One of the ones that I like to zoom in on here is like, why angels right at the start of it? It's so strange. It's one sentence and then we're done. Kind of. We'll get into a little bit more in our next episode. But it's briefly there. And I think possibly this is one example of spiritual warfare. Angels have been sent to ensure that it goes the way that it should. I think sometimes you see these kind of appointments of angels in even the New Testament Revelation, there's angels assigned to churches. Uh, Jesus at one point, and I don't know fully what to make of this passage, but here's the way that I do interpret it at the moment. Jesus says if you afflict these little ones, like children I believe is what he's talking about, possibly he's talking about new disciples. If you afflict these little ones, remember that the uh, angels see the face of God. <laughs> And that's just such a strange thing to say, unless the idea is like, you know, God has assigned angels to pay attention and they report back to God the kinds of things that we do. So if you're going to afflict children, just a heads up, the angels are watching. Remember that they see God and they'll, they'll bring that up. You won't get away with it. So just as angels are taken care of there, perhaps we also have angels showing up at the peak of the... Jacob meets Esau's story where it could go wrong contingency could happen but then it proves it doesn't need to because God has been working in the background has divinely orchestrated things to go in a different route how might they have soothed over Esau over all these years I mean, just, I mean honestly with, with it being potentially upwards of what at least 20 years hmm. like you got to do a lot to help someone forgive someone. Well, but also the 20 extent. years difference, though. Like, sure, there's some that, like, keep that grudge going for so long. But, like, I feel like life enough, as hard as it is, in biblical times, that, like, the fact that Jacob lived and survived would have been a shock to Esau. And just that shock would have been probably enough to be like, I thought he was dead, but he's actually alive. Like... Maybe. By the time we get to the middle of the Bible, everyone holds grudges and kills each other left and right, so... Yeah, but I mean... I don't know. If you, I feel like at this point, seeing someone survive for that long on their own would have been a shock. It would have been, probably. But 
some people just never forgive. And Esau had better reason than some. <laughs> when the destiny of the world could have almost lied in your hands. But, I don't know, I feel like... If if he was like the 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 Old Testament jock as we we called that one episode, like I feel like those people are over time tend to forgive much easier because they forget. That also is probably true of as well. Concussions in football. <laughs> well, this is going a weird route again. Uh, there's a lot to be said over these two chapters. Part of the reason this episode's so long. Uh, what have you taken away from these two chapters? Go read it yourself. We didn't read the whole thing to you. Uh, but even in this video, what did you take away? Let us know. Down below in the comments or on the Discord. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. And if you could share this video, we'd appreciate it too. And we will see you next time as we continue the middle part that we skipped. Perfect.